0: Matt Carpenter just had the best weekend ever. He coming. Scott White, Chris Towers
1: here on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. How were your weekends, fellas? Well, Matt Carpenter is on about half of my fantasy team, so my weekend was very good indeed. In one league, which Scott White commissions, we had a three-day week. (laughs) Matt Carpenter was on my team, and he nearly outscored my opponent by himself. So I'm assuming you won. Yes. That was a pretty
0: good
2: week for you, then. How about you, Scott? How many points did he score? Do you remember? Fifty-eight. <laughs> wow, wow! You don't you don't see that
1: in full weeks. No, it was a phenomenal. Well, I mean, he had more games than
2: everyone else. Uh-huh. I think
1: he had thirty fantasy points
2: before anyone else played a game. He scored. Uh, he he didn't start one of the five games the Cardinals had, but he came off the bench and homered. So yeah,
0: Matt Carpenter <laughs> uh, did not homer on Sunday, that was the first time since July 13th that he had played in a baseball game and not hit a home run over the weekend in the scoring period uh, starting on July 19th. He went nine for 17 with eight runs, six homers, 10 RBI, two doubles, uh, three walks, and two strikeouts. That's that's a heck of a weekend. I don't think any of us had a better weekend.
2: And he beat the shift with a bun, right?
1: Whoa. Come on, Adam's not even here to edit things.
2: <laughs> he beat the shift with a bunt.
1: I, I could add that. What did I say wrong you, there? Heath's doing a bit.
0: You know Heath. Uh, okay. You know he's a jocular fella. All right, guys. <laughs> we're going to look at the weekend's results. We're going to look ahead a little bit. We're going to take your emails, baseball at cbsi.com. We're going to talk about the patented Scott White Circle of Trust for pitchers and see who's in and And who's out? We're gonna talk about some pitchers you might wanna might might need to panic about and oh so much more. But first, who is one hitter to add for your fantasy baseball league's Heath? I know who you're going to say, so I'll
1: say someone different. I will say Willie Calhoun got the call up due to the Nomar Mazzara injury, hasn't done anything yet. And there is some risk that Mazzara comes back and Calhoun sent back down. He shouldn't be. Of course, he should have been in the majors for most of this season. Joey Gallo, though, also left yesterday's game with an injury. As for Calhoun, 32 home runs in like 130 games last year across three different levels, had 28 the year before. And the difference between him and the Rangers, the rest of the Rangers sluggers is he doesn't strike out very much either. He's never had a strikeout rate over 20% in the minor leagues. I don't know that it's going to work this time, but I love the profile. You need to get him onto your bench at the very least. Well, you've given him
2: a game in the outfield yet, because that's going to make it harder for him to stick around if they don't trust him out there. Um, And I could look that up real quick. I I
1: believe he's only played designated hitter. Yeah. But with Mazzara out and maybe Gallo, Gallo, I think they've got room. Profar can play in the outfield, no problem.
2: Uh, he hasn't yet this year, but pro- he has in the past. Yes, pro far. He's actually eligible at outfield on our site because it's carried over from a previous year. Uh, hitter I'm adding is second on my top ten sleeper hitters for this upcoming week, assuming you know you, you had the short week and you're beginning a seven-day week now, is Cattell Marte, who since the start of June – uh, you know, at at the beginning of the season, he was kind of a pounded in the ground and try and beat it out guy. But since the beginning of June, he has a 971 OPS uh, against lefties. He's batting 303 with a 957 OPS on the year. He's he's started hitting the ball at just an average fly ball rate, and it's led to enough power that uh, we're talking potentially top 10 shortstop he's also eligible at second base if you need more help there hasn't been the base dealer we wanted him to be but at this point i'm not sure that that matters very much
0: yeah so to illustrate that point catal martay who was a fly ball i don't know do we call it the fly ball revolution anymore he was a guy who wanted to hit the ball in the air more he showed signs of having plus raw power or at least average raw power in the past just hadn't tapped into it and early on in the season, if you look at his 30-game rolling averages on fan graphs, he was hitting the ball on the ground about 63% of the time through the end of May. And then you start to see it creep down. And he's still, his ground ball rate over the last 30 games is 51%, which is okay. He's hitting the ball in the air more, like you said, and and he's he's starting to to showcase some of the raw ability. It's not... It's not really the guy that we thought we were getting when catal Marte got called up a couple years ago with Seattle. We thought he was more of an on-base and stolen base guy, but this is a productive hitter. I, I like catal Marte a lot, and the the guy I'll go with, he's 60% owned, Rugnet Odor, hitting three sixty four with four homers and five steals in 16 games in the month of July. He's still swinging and missing a ton. He's still striking out about a quarter of a time. He still hits too many infield fly balls, pop-ups, whatever you want to call them, but this is an extremely talented hitter, and when he gets hot, we know he can be one of the best hitters in baseball for stretches. And Rougan door looks hot right now. He's running. He's hitting for power. So he's my yeah. pick. What about one pitcher to add?
2: Scott. One pitcher to add. I'll, I'll go
0: first.
1: Play. I'll go first because I wrote the waiver okay. wire column.
2: Dude, I like the way you start. call on
0: him.
1: He starts to give an answer, and then nope.
0: Oh, He was, he was hemming and hawing. Well, so I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to jump in. I'll go with AJ Minter. He's okay. only like forty-two percent owned. He is the Braves' closer, and we've lost some closers recently. Uh, you know, obviously Juris Familia. We'll talk about that. He was traded to the Oakland Athletics. He's likely going to be setting up Blake Trinan. So that's another closer. We lost Brad Hand. He's not going to be closing in Cleveland. It looks like um, AJ Minter is the closer in Atlanta right now. He's about forty to forty-five percent owned, and he's been really good uh, since about the start of June, more than a strikeout printing after a slow start. I think there's a chance he's just the Braves closer moving forward, and there aren't a ton of relievers that are widely available with more upside than him.
2: Although, I probably would take Tyler Yates over him. Kirby Personally. Kirby, Kirby Yates, yeah, Tyler Tyler Yates used to be a reliever for the Braves and not a very good one. But Kirby Yates is a very good reliever for the Padres and their presumptive closer now that Hand's gone, at least till he gets traded Yeah, himself. that's
0: the only thing with him is that he might yeah. be the closer for eight more days.
1: It was also really weird his first appearance after Hand was traded. I didn't see that. He was used in the eighth inning of a 5-0 game. Maybe just need work. On the a day that they had a doubleheader in the first game.
2: That is weird. Maybe just like, need work. It. No, he buy hasn't.
0: It. Has he appeared in a game?
2: Andy Green. Andy Green has, uh, I mean, just the fact that they were trailing 5 nothing. Yeah, that's really weird. It's hard to, it's hard to, uh, yeah. And weird. they had another game that day. He hadn't pitched yeah. since before the All-Star break, But they had so, a game yeah. that night. He, yeah, he if they really needed work, they could just give him work that night. That's, yeah, that's really weird. Um. But anyway, my pitcher to add uh, with two starts this week is Zach Wheeler, who I think he, he's pitched better lately. I mean he hasn't been an ace or anything, but mid three Z R A with you know strikeout per inning over the last six weeks or so. And it's um it's I, I think it's a case of him making better use of his secondary pitches. Not that he has many of them, but he has a pretty good slider. Uh, You know, he he has a show me change up and we've seen the swinging strike rate go up on his fastball, which is without question his best pitch. So I, I feel like he's setting up his fastball better, if that makes sense. Um, and, uh, it, he's performing more like we saw him do before Tommy John surgery, which was, you know, kind of like a number three, number four starting pitcher in fantasy Two met ma- two starts this week. One's a really good matchup. And, uh, I think he's somebody worth adding. He's he's always been
0: a guy that we think should be better than he actually is. But over his last eleven starts, dating back to May twenty second, he's averaging about six and a half innings per start, which is really impressive. Uh about a strikeout per inning, three sixty three RA. The whip's never gonna be good because he's just a an okay control guy and he's been pretty hittable. But yeah, I I think Zach Wheeler's shown a lot this season to make him somebody worth owning. What about you, Heath?
1: I'll go a little bit deeper. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon. Did I say that right? Probably. Mm -hmm. I I don't have a pronunciation guide here on baseball reference. Will make his debut for the Cardinals this week. They're sending Luke Weaver back down. I think Weaver will be back soon enough. But he's been very good. Really the last two years in AAA. In 2017, had a 2.17 ERA. Only made six starts because he had a horrific injury. Got hit in the head by a line drive. Had to have emergency brain surgery. Came back this year in 17 starts. He has a 2.15 ERA, 10.1 K per nine. The walks are still too high, which is weird because before last year, he was kind of a low strikeout, low walk guy. Mm -hmm. And now he looks more like a high strikeout, high walk guy. What? I think in a, any type of deeper league at all, there is a little bit of upside here. They're not thrilled with Luke Weaver. Carlos Martinez is on the disabled list. He gets a chance to make a few starts, and he might be pretty good.
2: Scott, any well, thoughts I'm, on Daniel? Post? He looks perplexed. Like I'm trying to get to the bottom of the Kirby Yates thing. He didn't. He didn't. Yesterday was the Padres doubleheader, and he didn't pitch at all. So it must have been. It must have been earlier this weekend when he came in, and you could make the case in that case, that it was uh, more of a work-related thing. Yeah, I think he's widely considered to be the the
0: closer, again, at least for the next eight days. Um, you guys have any other weekend standouts besides Matt Carpenter? I'll throw one out there. Corey Dickerson uh, had a Matt Carpenter-esque weekend for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hit four home runs. I think he's homered four times in three days or five times in four games going back to the game before the All-Star break. 8 for 16, he's up to 313 with about a an 856 OPS on the season. What do you think of Corey Dickerson? He's kind of been a forgotten man uh, since a really hot start because he hadn't done much for a couple months.
2: Yeah, I somehow got it in my head that he had kind of um, sold out for line drives, sold out for mm-hmm. not having power. But that's not the case, looking at the the season long batter profile ball profile anyway. The fly ball rate's normal, line drive rate is high, which is a good thing, that combination. Uh I I think as as long as the playing time is assured, and you know, Austin Meadows back down in the minors, so you feel pretty good about that, then uh, yeah, he might be he might be undervalued right now. Yeah, I have no idea why I said that about Kirby Yates. I don't
1: even think he's pitched since the all-star break. Okay, so disregard what we were talking about with Kirby Yates. I think it may have been Stammen that pitched in that game in that situation, which would make more sense, kind of, I guess. But anyway, regardless of that, are we on weekend standouts? Weekend standouts. Vince Velasquez. Vince Velasquez.
0: I saw he had no hits allowed through five innings yesterday, which is like the second or third time he's done that this season.
1: He has actually been really good since his just – awful outing on june 8th against the brewers when he gave up 10 runs and three and two thirds innings six starts since then a strikeout per inning a 2.38 era and he did have that one start on june 30th did he leave that with an injury he missed a start right after that i, I think remember. so yeah. yes um, but every start besides that has been at least six innings and only more than two runs once in those five starts
0: I mean, you can go back the last twelve starts. He has seventy nine strikeouts and 66 in sixty six and a third innings. Now he's had a couple of really bad ones. He had that ten earned run start. He had the one where he only pitched two innings. But three fifty three ERA, pretty good control. Uh, you know, not not never going to be an ace, but Vince Velasquez, I think, has has gotten back to where he was two years ago, not last year.
2: Yeah, and. He's he's probably underowned. He's I know he's available in like twenty five percent of CBS sports leagues, and uh, after yesterday's start, I'm back on board with him. All right, let's. Uh, before we
0: move on, we'll we'll get to some big news, talk about some uh, some injuries, some trades. But before we do, I want to talk about the email of the year from Mike in New York. And since Adam's not here, and I get to run the show. We're gonna talk about Statcast. Hello barrels, <laughs> exit velocity, and x-stats. This is from Mike in New York. I had been a bit skeptical of Statcast data in the past, but I'm now 100% bought in. It comes through when things like age, crappy plate discipline, and the eye test failed. It has helped us cash in on Max Muncie. It showed us that Aaron Judge was legit, even though he strikes out as much as as much or more than any superstar ever. And it told us to hold on to or buy low on old stalwarts like Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, despite slow starts and some other negative trends. Putting my money where my mouth is as well, I picked up Winker from waivers and traded for Chew. I even dealt Anthony Rizzo for Anthony Rendon in a points league. I've always considered Rizzo to be better than Rendon, but Rendon's ex-stats say he should have the 8th best WOBA in baseball. Still do look at other stats, advanced stats and otherwise, but now I have used StatCast and particularly expected WOBA as my favorite statistic when trying to identify breakouts and buy lows. What thoughts, concerns, and warnings would you have for this line of thinking? Also, are you on board with the idea that Rendon can be a top eight hitter moving forward, given the quality of his contact and the fact that the lineup around him could come to life any day now? I don't, I don't buy Anthony Rendon as a top eight hitter. I think he's a very good hitter, though. Yes. But very But I, I love all of this. And uh, Scott, you're probably the, the most skeptical, although you're pretty bought in. What do you think?
2: I have never looked at an ex-WOBA leaderboard. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so uh, I'll preface it with that. And um, there is there
0: is something to note. There was a discussion on Twitter recently. Um, I can't remember. There was a post on Fangraphs as well about the gap between Xwoba and Woba this season, and how it's bigger than it has been in years past, and that seems like an indication that maybe the ball isn't traveling as much as it was over the last couple of years because the, the integration of StatCast has coincided with what we know to be the juiced ball era, and so they might need to tweak some of that. It might not be—they might not have accounted for the fact that the ball is not traveling quite as much this season. That
1: would be my one thought-slash-concern-slash-warning is we're still— very early yeah i think this is all wonderful it's going to help us be better at our jobs it's going to help fantasy owners be better at running their teams but running running or ruining running okay (laughs) but there's there's still you need to be a little bit um curious yeah like if you see a huge gap between someone's ex-woba and woba start looking for reasons why now with matt carpenter I think we said pretty often I, there, this doesn't make any sense. There's, there's no. We cannot find a reason. Sometimes there are reasons that you can find, yeah. mm-hmm. and we didn't expect him to do this. But can mm-hmm. we follow up the email of the year with the tweet of the year? Sure, sure. You want to read it? Yes. Mm-hmm. from From two good friends of the program, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Scaff and then Doc Crotzer actually shared it with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, really good guys. What sort of public humiliation will Chris be made to endure for starting an illegal roster in the podcast leak, asking for a friend? Mm -hmm. You took a zero this week in the podcast Well, it's not over. He still has a zero, and there's no chance of him approving on that number. No, I,
2: I fixed it. I fixed it. Wow! What uh, I didn't ask Adam, for that Adam would have fixed it too. Yeah? I was going to take
1: the show. I was going to take, gonna take <laughs> the L. I'm
0: fine with taking the L.
2: I'm fine with admitting no, that uh, that's, it's really not fair to the rest of the league to let somebody take a zero. Because what if that guy he's facing is is in the thick of the playoff hunt? Let's say he maybe he has his worst week of the season and he gets a free win out of it because of Chris's negligence. Maybe you can
1: just not go fair. through at the end of the year and decide which teams you think are the six best and those can be the playoffs. I teams. will say. No. There, nobody's fantasy.
2: had an illegal lineup in that all year. So I it's, love it's love fantasy changed. baseball. I, I, I'm a big fan.
0: the 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 season is way too long, and I, I get lost sometimes. I'm in like eight leagues. All right, I I, was I actually, haven't set any other illegal lineups yes, all year. I, I have set like
1: 90 lineups. I'm like 89 for 90. I think that's a pretty good track record. Um, I think that's not true, but um, I had an epiphany because of this.
0: Okay. That I need to play in fewer leagues next year? I
1: do agree with you that the season's too long. Yeah. I do love fantasy baseball and baseball season. I kind of like I'm in a couple of leagues where the regular season ends next week yep. and the playoffs start. And the only thing I don't like about that is that September is just completely ignored as if it's not part of the baseball season. The other thing I yeah. don't like about head-to-head <laughs> baseball leagues is that you play for seemingly five years in a season, and your season comes down to one week, maybe two weeks if you have a good commissioner. So my new proposal is that the regular fantasy baseball season lasts until the last week of July. The first round of the playoffs are the first two weeks of August. The second round of the playoffs are the next two weeks of August, Mm -hmm. and the championship game is the month of September. You want your cha- you're, you're complaining about the randomness of a
0: small sample size and then you want the championship determined by like the 37th man on the uh, roster the full getting hot.
1: Month of September. No. The 37th man will not determine it. You can change your lineup once a week, but your score keeps counting for the whole month.
2: And why don't we'll... you just, why don't you just Play the way we've been playing. I don't think there's anything wrong because, with that. Because Chris forgets to set his lineup seasons, once, and suddenly base, I'm fantasy, baseball. I'm trying to open fantasy baseball
1: it. up to more people. People are intimidated by the length of the season.
2: Yeah, no, they can they can find another fantasy sport to play. <laughs> the length of the season God. is part of what makes it great. Because you know, when you play fantasy football, you have to overreact to things just because you know the the, the season is is. Is is running out on you from the very beginning, it feels like. And that's not the case in fantasy baseball. You, you have time. you can you can actually approach it more rationally. You can sit back and let things develop. If you chop off a third of the season like you're proposing that eliminates that aspect of it and it makes it, um, I think, a disingenuous contest.
0: And before we move on, I want to tell you about the SeatGeek app. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually did that for an upcoming concert. I'm going to go see David Byrne in uh, September, and I'm super excited about that. And I used the SeatGeek app, got great seats, and it couldn't have been easier. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY today. That's promo code FANTASY, F-A-N, T-A-S-Y, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, let's move on to the big news. Juris Familia was traded to the Mets for Bobby Wall and William Toffee. Scott, do I need to know anything about Bobby Wall and William Toffee besides that uh, Toffee's delicious? (laughs)
1: Uh, used no, to work at used to work at a Dairy not. Queen in high school. Heath Bar Blizzard, super underrated. You need to correct my uh, waiver wire column. That's not going to be published because I wasn't supposed to write it. Because <laughs> I act, I miss uh, I got these guys' names wrong. I called them a fungo bat and a bag of
2: baseballs.
0: Uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, they're they're people. Okay, they have birth they are certificates.
2: They're not people you need to know about in dynasty leagues, really.
0: And Blake Trinan's still in Oakland. They have been adamant that they are not going to trade him. I would imagine this uh, cements that. Robert Gazelman recorded a six out save Friday for the Mets. That was the first save and the only save opportunity that the Mets have had since the trade of Jairus Familia. I would guess he's the closer by default because everybody else in that bullpen's terrible, but it's not like gazelman has been good either. Uh, he's right. been better as a reliever than he was as a starter, but that's a low bar. Uh, the other option would be Anthony Swarzak. Who uh um, well, was really good last season, yeah, but ha- had an yep. no oblique injury like the third game of the season and has just been a disaster uh so far and hasn't been any better uh lately. So my take on the Braves bull or on the Mets bullpen, and I wrote this uh in the wire column that's going up on CBSports.com Monday morning, is if you want to add a reliever in the wake of the Jersey Familia trade, add AJ Minter. Because that's Nobody in the Mets bullpen's worth
2: adding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd go Mentor, Yates, Hector Rondon's still hardly owned. Yep. There Although are there are a lot of good options.
0: Some concerns about Hector Rondon. The Astros are reportedly in the market for a closer. Zach Britton, uh, particularly, has been mentioned with them. I don't know if that means they want Zach Britton to close, but it would bring yeah. some uh, uncertainty to a situation where we believe there's no uncertainty right now. Uh, Carlos Martinez was placed on the 10-day DL with an oblique injury. Mike Schlitt is super optimistic, quote, that Martinez will miss one turn. Is this the second oblique injury he's had this season?
2: He had a lap before. Okay.
0: I would assume he has both. DJ LeMahieu was placed on the DL with an oblique strain. That is an injury that could cost him some serious time, as we know, with hitters. Especially oblique strains can be really tricky. And Garrett Hampson was called up, doubled in his debut, Hit 309 with a 379 on base percentage in the minors uh, this season. At I believe it was between AAA and Double A, nine home runs, 33 stolen bases. I'm actually very excited about the potential for Garrett Hampson. He's not one of the Rockies' biggest prospects, not even the biggest middle infield prospect that they have. I think he's probably not even one of the two biggest middle infield prospects they have. But the profile is extremely interesting for fantasy, right, Scott?
2: Yeah, he's a big base stealer, yep. good plate discipline guy. It kind of reminds me of Adam Eaton when he was in the minors a little bit, actually. And obviously he's entering a very favorable hitter environment. <laughs> uh, even, you know, let's say LeMahieu comes back in a month or whatever. If Hampson's been hitting well, there's there's still a chance they could keep him around. He's played some outfield in the minors, played shortstop. So, uh uh Particularly in Roto Leagues, if you need stolen base help, I think he's somebody to look into right now.
0: The profile, actually, it looks a lot like DJ LeMahieu, except with, you know, 40 steal potential, which DJ LeMahieu's been a very good fantasy player in the past, but that was when he was stealing 18 bases. If if he stole 40 bases, that's a, you know, that's a, a potential top five rounder. Uh, Justin Turner made his first start in eleven days after recovering from a hip injury, and then left Sunday with an adductor strain will likely be headed to the DL. So I guess those concerns about the Dodgers having too crowded of a of a lineup are 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 not there right now. So good news for Yasel Puig, who's expected back, I believe, this week, maybe next weekend. Uh Michael Fulmer placed on the DL with his own left oblique strain. That complicates things for the Tigers because he was a high Likelihood trade target. Cody Allen is still expected to get the bulk of the saves for the Indians, according to Terry Francona. Ozzie Albies dealing with a right hamstring injury that could keep him out of the lineup. He was out Sunday. uh, Could cost him a couple more days, but doesn't sound like the DL is going to happen right now. Noah Syndergaard placed on the 10-day DL with hand, foot, and mouth disease, but it could only miss one start. It's it's an infectious disease, but it's not an injury, so nothing to concern yourself there long term. No more Rosara, as we mentioned, placed on the DL with a right thumb strain. And Sean Doolittle is dealing with a stretch stress reaction in his left foot, an MRA revealed. Uh they're talking about the timetable being weeks, not months, but good news for Kelvin Herrera, must own, must add reliever.
2: Uh well, where would we put him with the Minters and Yates's and all of them? There's there's definitely it's a finite amount of time he's going to be closing, but well, he's probably it's better, better than a team any of them. that's going to be we we think winning a lot of games and hopefully and potentially making up some ground in the NL East. Yeah. So, uh, I think he's the best option
0: among them as a pitcher. I think he plays for the best team and I don't know. With Sean Doolittle. It was a toe first and now it's a, a mid foot injury and we'll see. It's going to make it to its way to the heel next. And then it's connected to the shin
2: bone. Yeah. It's so gonna work its way up, you know, gonna have a hip injury before too long
0: i think i'd probably rather have minter uh just because that one looks like it could be more of a long-term thing with a viscaino dealing with his second shoulder injury but i think calvin herrera is a fine pickup uh if you need a reliever all right time to panic i've got three guys who are a little concerning a chapman average fastball velocity in his appearance on saturday against the mets was 97.1 miles per hour that is well, two to three miles per hour low. it's higher than most pitchers, but two to three miles an hour <laughs> lower than most. Sixteen of the 19 pitches he threw were balls. This is a guy who did not pitch in the All-Star break because he's dealing with knee tendonitis. Is it time to panic about Aroldis Chapman. Is it time to pick up
1: somebody else in the Yankees bullpen? The problem is, like I think Dylan Batantas is owned in almost every single categories league. And so I would say, like, time to panic about Chapman. Would I bench him this week? No? Okay. I'm not thinking about dropping him. The panic move would be to add Batances, but he's basically owned everywhere. So I'm a, I'm a little concerned about this, but I don't see anything actionable that you can do.
2: What about adding David Robertson, who has more closing experience than Batances? And,
0: you know, yeah, Batances, maybe they prefer him in that Andrew Miller role. You you could do that.
2: So that's the panic move. <laughs> not necessarily panic. I mean, it's something to do in deeper leagues because you. it's rare that you... Uh, get something anytime something's telegraphed. You kind of have to react to it. And if it's, you know, Roto League of over 16 teams or a league specific format or whatever, but otherwise I don't think I'd be reacting too much to a bad outing for Chapman, even, even if the velocity's down, there's some health concerns there. Um, it, it it seems premature to panic.
0: What about Madison Baumgarner? He went four innings. Walked six, gave up three runs against Oakland this weekend. He is up to 3.9 K per nine since coming off the DL. Now it's still a 319 ERA, but one, two, four, eight whip is his worst since his rookie season. This is the first time his walks per nine has ever been above three. And it's his lowest strikeout rate since his rookie season as well, 7.7 per nine.
2: What was interesting about this last start, which was clearly his worst, Uh, Was it Saturday? I think it was. Um, it was also the hardest he's thrown all season. And I think only one start last year. Did he throw that hard? And Velocity has been creeping down for him. It's been part of the reason why we haven't been totally dismissive of his lackluster start here off the DL, but it was, it was better yesterday. And I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. That's a sign of, of maybe things getting better. I like I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with Madison Bumgarner at this point. It, does he retain enough of his reputation that you could shop him as an ace and get what you'd expect back for an, in return for an ace? I I don't know. I it I don't think there's been enough good for him to still carry that way. He's he's barely inside my top 20 starting pitchers rest of weekend, rest of season. So I I kind of feel like. Your best bet is to to hope he turns things around.
0: And James it's, Paxton or Madison Bumgarner, Paxton, Paxton, Lance it,
1: McCullers, McCullers. Yep. I think it's it's also worth noting that he wasn't quite Madison Bumgarner last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Go. I mean, he has a 3.20 and last year came back from the from a shoulder a serious right. shoulder injury. But dating back to the start of last season, his peripherals were worse before the injury as well. He has a 3.28 ERA, which is awesome. whip, very good, 8K per nine. And then you look at 397 FIP, 2.4 walks per nine, which
1: is above his
0: career average. He hasn't been the same guy.
1: I am comfortable dropping him outside of my top 20. I still don't necessarily know that there is somebody out there you can trade him for that I think is going to be better. It's a bad time to trade him.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Now maybe there's enough desperation for pitching, high end pitching, that somebody's willing to look past his struggles this season. But I, I think it's unlikely. I and this it it was interesting you talking about Dor at the top of the show, Chris, how how much he's turned things around. Really since the start of June. He's been a three hundred hitter. I tried my hardest to trade him in those first two months in a 24 team dynasty league where his keeper cost was very low. And it just seemed like everybody was on the same page with me that there wasn't much left there for Rugnet Odor. So it's, it's like when a, when a guy is struggling enough that you yourself are concerned that we are concerned guys who, as a general rule are, um, are willing to give players the benefit of the doubt and trust in the track record and all of that. But if it's to a point now that we're concerned, I feel like everybody's concerned at that point. And it's very unlikely you're going to get an ideal return for Garner. Also,
1: you're welcome for turning down those odor trade
2: offers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were, you were one of many who I was trying to trade him to. And I'm thankful now that I didn't.
0: All right. Time to panic on Robbie Ray, who had a nether poor start. Five runs and five and a third innings at home uh, against the Colorado Rockies, and that's three out of his last four starts and three out of five since coming back from the DL, where he's allowed uh, not quite a run per inning because he went a third of an inning in each of the in two of those three starts, but he has a five eighty ADRA over his last four start or his last five starts since coming back from the DL. Is it time are we are we dropping Robbie Ray?
2: I haven't given that thought. I, I own him in a few leagues too. I'm not starting Robbie Ray, and I'm I'm concerned, definitely concerned, because there there are reasons to be concerned coming into the season, and that's one of the things I feel worst about. Preseason regrets, just being willing to make excuses for Robbie Ray, knowing I'd have to pay a premium to get him. Uh, but there's still like there's still so much strikeout potential there. I yeah, couldn't still, think of dropping still
0: him. striking about a quarter of the batters he's faced over the last five starts out, but also walking about 10%.
2: Yeah, you cannot
1: feel comfortable starting him. He looks like 2016 Robbie Ray, except we said throughout that whole season that Robbie Ray's getting unlucky. This year he's got a five-fip. He's not really getting unlucky. He's just not been as good.
0: All right, and Jose Quintana actually was good on uh, Sunday, I believe, against St. Louis. Seven innings, two runs, six strikeouts, four walks against the Cardinals, but... He has been dealing with left shoulder fatigue, and that was why I believe he had a turn skipped in the rotation. They were fine pushing him back a couple of days. Is Jose Quintana a must-own pitcher at this point? Yeah. He's top 40 for both of you. I think,
2: Scott, you have him 30th. Yeah. In head-to-head points. Yeah, I mean, I think he's must-own. He's not... He's he's. I guess he's in my top 30, but you know coming into the season he was top 20 so i i don't believe he's that anymore there have been issues pitching deep into games obviously if this becomes something worse than shoulder fatigue if he's expected to miss weeks with an injury then then it's something we could think about dropping him potentially but even then i think it would be in shallow leagues it would be in leagues where you have a real dl crunch like he's somebody the cubs who may be the best team in the National League. He's somebody they're going to have to rely on if they're going to get anywhere this year.
1: Yeah, I I have definitely changed the way that I feel about Jose Quintana because coming into the year, first off, I thought he was very safe. And I thought that he really had a pretty unfortunate year in 2017 and was encouraged by the increase in strikeout rate. Now, if you look at his K-9 per over his career, it's pretty clear where the outlier is. He was right around eight per 8K per nine for the first five years of his career. He had one year at 9.9, and now he's back to 8K per nine. So now he looks less like a guy with a high floor and maybe a high ceiling, too, and more like a guy with a low ceiling, and this injury gives him a really low floor.
0: I'm trying to I'm trying to be an Adam Azer and get a drop here, but uh, it's not working quite as well. So I'm just going to sing it myself. Okay. Welcome back. not welcome
1: back hurry back adam thank you what's that hurry back excuse me adam all right
0: (laughs) welcome back steven strasberg back from the dl after missing about six weeks with shoulder inflammation and he wasn't great six earned runs eight hits two walks six strikeouts but it's the first start back from the dl we always give a guy a mulligan for that one
2: any concern about steven strasberg he and Scherzer got into it in the dugout after. Were, there came was a bit out. of
0: yelling. I think. I think it was constructive. I think Max Scherzer He's, was like, "Hey, we're going into the the locker room to chat."
2: It's a brotherly guy. squabble. Yeah, it's a yeah. family. No Maybe concern about him to new heights.
0: No concern. James Paxton will return from the DL on Tuesday. Glaber Torres will be back Wednesday. It looks like from his hip injury. I believe he started a rehab assignment over the weekend. Freddie Peralta will return to the Milwaukee rotation on Wednesday. Junior Garrett back on Tuesday. Freddie Peralta must own. This was expected that he'd be back?
2: Well, I no, I wouldn't call him must own. He's oh. had what?
0: He's been incredible. His last couple
2: starts weren't very good.
0: All right. Jaime Berea expected to start Tuesday versus the Chicago White Sox. Is he someone that you're interested in streaming? I assume that makes him a two-star pitcher. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how their rotation sets
1: up. But, yes, he is someone I'm interested in streaming against the White Sox. Clay Buckles. Yeah, he should be making two starts.
0: Okay, Clay Buckles will return to the Arizona rotation on Tuesday. Mike Zanino returned from the DL. I had the choice of starting him, and I stuck with John Hicks in a points league. So, I think it probably tells you where I'm at on Mike Zanino. Walker Bueller expected to start Wednesday versus Philadelphia. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with his workload uh, with the Dodgers. Any expectations that he might be on a
1: pitch limit? I want to see what happens Thursday morning. Okay. If he gets sent back. Yes. Down. Okay. I hope that he doesn't. I don't, that's not my expectation, but I'm not going to feel comfortable about him until I, I see what happens Thursday. Irvin Santana will make his season
0: debut Wednesday versus the Blue Jays. Willie Adamas recalled from AAA. He's had a really rough start to his major league career, but obviously still a big prospect. Evan Longoria could return Tuesday from his hand injury. Rafael Devers was back on Saturday. Scott Schebler expected back on Wednesday. Drew Pomeranz will return to the rotation Tuesday. Drew Pomeranz, someone we should be adding.
2: Well, he's a two star pitcher this week, but he was, he was, he looked pretty rough before going on the DL, and his velocity was down. I, I think it's, it's a wait-and-see thing. There's, there's potential for him to be an impactful fantasy fantasy pitcher, obviously, given his track record, given the team he pitches for. But I, he needs to prove himself all over again, I feel like. What
0: about Max Freed? He's going to start Tuesday against Miami. Uh, Luis Gajara just has not looked right. I think his velocity has been down since coming back from the DL, so he's staying in AAA to work on things. We have seen really good things from Max Freed, but overall, 392 ERA. 25 strikeouts in 20 and two-third innings this season, but 13 walks as
2: well. And I believe the Bra- the Braves had a game rained out on Saturday, uh, which pushed reconfigured their, their rotation in such a way that they don't need to bring up a pitcher to start Tuesday's game. So it may be... I mean, eventually they're going to need a fifth starter, obviously. It sounds like Freed's in the driver's seat there. But, yeah, I... Aside from that one great start against the Cardinals, I think it was. I mean, yeah. you look at his AAA numbers this year. They're not so great. He's a pitcher who I feel like has one really good secondary pitch and just not isn't consistent enough with everything else yet for you to rely on him in fantasy.
0: Homer Bailey will return to the rotation Tuesday. No interest in him, obviously. And Zach Eflin will return to the rotation Monday after recovering from his blister. He's been really good. Would you rather have him or Walker Bueller rest of season? I'll say
2: Eflin. Uh, yeah, I think given the assurances of role there, I would agree. Eflin. Eflin or Peralta? Eflin. Eflin or Quintana? Quintana, unless unless this injury becomes something worse.
0: All right, and then welcome back for one game. Yoan know, Assessment is homered Friday in his second plate appearance mm-hmm. since coming back from the DL, and then told reporters, and apparently not the team which is interesting, told reporters that he needs surgery on both of his heels, a, an injury, they're a procedure, a pair of procedures, I suppose, that would require eight to ten months of recovery time. He will be evaluated by a specialist, but they're not putting him on the DL or making any decision on his status. I mean.
2: <laughs> he, I, he just came uh, back for, like, one last romp around the bases. Yeah. And he's uh, like, I'm out, guys.
1: I don't see any way to construe this other than an F you. I think I'm, yeah like I, there's actually no other like did the doctor tell him as on his trip around the base pads <laughs> that he needed this
0: surgery it it's a weird i mean it's the mets uh, so like
2: but this is this is good news if i can spin it positively mm-hmm. and this is a stretch i'll admit for a player, it's good news for a player who's appeared on the last three top ten sleepers hitters list, and that's Wilmer Flores, who's like 90% available in fantasy, and he's been playing first base every day. Cespedes was supposed to play some first base when he got back. Um, if I mean, Flores doesn't have a huge power ceiling, but he's a good contact hitter. He has like an 800 OPS since becoming an everyday player and has been surprisingly productive in fantasy. He's very. I good. think I love. I Wilmer think he Flores. should be more than thirteen percent owned, or whatever he is.
0: At what point do they just start calling guys up? Dom Smith has been playing the outfield since getting sent back to AAA A because Peter Alonzo's at first base. I know Peter Alonso was not in your top twenty-five prospects at midseason. Was he in your top fifty?
2: He has struggled yeah, he was, since getting was, to Triple
0: A. Not hitting, not even hitting two hundred. But power, yeah. plate discipline, uh, in the in Double A, you
2: know. Oh, he got off to a ridiculous start yeah. this year. That's really, and that's part of the reason why I couldn't put him in my top five is because there's, you know, his first two months versus his most recent two months here is just such a contrast in performance. But he, even coming into this year, he was known for a guy with ridiculously high exit velocity. I believe Mm -hmm. he had a higher exit velocity in the minors last year than all like three major leaguers. That's uh, pretty good. The majors, obviously. So, uh. So yeah, he's he's definitely interesting. I don't know that he's done enough to, like I I almost wonder if Tim Tebow would get called up before him just for, <laughs> well he he the thrill he's real of having Tim Tebow in the
0: he, he's dealing with an injury, so that seems That's unlikely. True. That's true. I'm going to Tim visit Tebow. a hand
2: specialist. So oh man, pump the brakes on good. the
0: Tim Tebow uh, ads in fantasy. Uh, Luke <laughs> Weaver also returned for one start before being sent back to AAA. He was the twenty sixth man for a double header. But he is expected back later this week, and it's been a real up and down season for Luke Weaver. Hopefully, he gets on track because the Cardinals actually have two two rookies that they're calling up this week to make starts, and you know Luke Weaver might be pitching for his job here. So,
2: worth keeping in mind as we move I, and forward. What's, it's frustrating. It's just two starts before this one were great. They were one. They're among his best starts of the season. And I know, uh, I know, some at least one person on Twitter didn't like that I left him off my. Uh, breakout pitchers for the second half list just because he seemed to be turning things around. But Can't break out if you don't have a job. Yeah, he just hasn't thrown enough strikes, and he's a guy who – that that's what he has to do to be successful. He has to be one of the better strike throwers in the majors, and he's yep. been far from it this year. All right, let's talk about some pitchers
0: in or out of the circle of trust. These are all, for the most part, lower-owned guys. There's a couple guys in the 80 to to 90 range, but – for the most part, we're going to see whether, first, they're worth owning, and then, second, whether they're worth starting at this
1: point. So this isn't the circle of trustometer?
0: No, it's just the circle of trust. It's a binary thing. You're either in or you're out of the circle of trust. And you can be out of the circle of trust because you're too good to be in the circle of trust, and you can be out of the circle mm-hmm. of trust because you're too bad to be a circle of trust. Got it? Nope. <laughs> Nick Kingham, 46% owned. He has a 289 ERA with 17 strikeouts and 18 and two-thirds innings over his last three starts. Is Nick Kingham in or out of the circle of trust?
2: Uh, can some, maybe we need to think this through a little more, because could somebody who's 46% owned be in the circle of trust? Ever? I don't know.
1: That's what I'm asking.
2: I, didn't
1: even, I, I did not create the circle Does of Nick trust for this game, so <laughs> I, I, I am befuddled.
2: Uh, Nick Kingham probably deserves to be more than forty-six percent owned. Thank you he for answering the question. Probably doesn't rush. deserve to be more than sixty-five percent owned.
1: I'm starting Nick King- Kingham dependent on the matchup. How about we just do this: over owned or under owned? Oh, okay. <laughs> because
0: you guys have that's, to. Be different. That's a great idea. That's fine. Chase Anderson, eighty-four percent owned. He gave up two runs in four innings over the weekend against the Dodgers. Burned through hundred plus pitches before being pulled after four innings. Six strikeouts, two walks. Is he overowned or underowned at 84%? Slightly probably, o-
2: over. Probably a little overowned. He was trending the right wave with velocity, but that changed in this start and is just kind of frustrating.
0: Anderson or Kingham?
2: Anderson. Who do they face this week? Would be my answer to that question.
0: Anderson or the next guy, Matt Harvey, who the wheels came off eight earned runs, I believe he allowed four home runs versus Pittsburgh. I think two of those were to Corey Dickerson. Fifty-eight percent owned. Is he too highly owned?
1: Shouldn't this guy have been in the welcome back? <laughs> he's welcome no. back to being Matt Harvey of the last
2: three years. Two yeah. years, whatever. He, well, that, no. that, yeah, that's fine. That's he's fun. not. I mean, he's, in he's in the circle well of outside of the circle of st- trust, and he never. He was never towing the line for me, even with that supposed good stretch with the Mets, which was good in, in terms of run prevention, but not really in terms of anything else. With the Reds, you mean?
0: The last like six starts, right?
2: Yes, I meant with the Reds. I don't know what I said, but I meant with the Reds.
0: Nick Pavetta, seventy five percent owned. He actually, fun fact, had a negative FIP in a game where he gave up four earned runs to the
1: Padres. And like five six and third unearned third runs. runs. Yeah. Or two unearned yeah. runs. Six total runs. I I got tweets I'm sorry, Heath. Nick Pavetta does not need to be owned in more leagues because of this start. Trust the process. I'm going to trust the process. I'm I'm trying to do the math in my head right here. So he got 16 outs. Mm -hmm. Nine of them were strikeouts.
0: Yeah, it was like a 55% strikeout rate.
1: And he gave up eight hits. So I'm thinking they put...
0: It was about a 560 BABIP. About a
1: 560 BABIP. No home runs. This start does not change my opinion of nick pavetta i think he should be almost universally owned yeah trust the process. i think he's
2: definitely the best of the ones we've talked about so far
1: 355 FIP,
0: 336 sierra 335 x FIP. just trust the process it may, look it might burn you but ask the guy about matt carpenter trust the dang process marcus stroman is 77 percent owned he has a 303 ERA and a 1.03 whip in six games since coming off the DL. Is he under owned at 77%? I think the answer is obviously yes. Does he need to be owned in every league?
1: I thought this was just a Chris Tower segment. Um, <laughs> you asked the question and then answered the question. I will say he's under owned. He's in the circle of trust. I'm starting him.
2: Now, this start was against Baltimore, which has nothing yeah. to offer, right? But 303 start- ERA. Six starts. Yeah.
1: Since coming off the deal. Okay, I, w- I need to clarify something on the circle of trust, Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in the circle of trust, can I still bench you at Yankee Stadium and at Fenway?
2: <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. I mean, according to my rules of the circle of trust, I'm not sure that those have translated so well to the podcast. But <laughs> Look, we sure. moved on from the circle <laughs> of trust, guys. Um, Try and I keep up. I think... I don't I don't feel like Strowman needs to be universally owned. Okay. Seventy seven might be a little low. He's he's on a bad team. He doesn't miss bats. He's pretty good, but he's not he's not indispensable.
0: Marcus Strowman or Sonny Gray, who bounced back to I mean, he was fine against the Mets, but it's the Mets. Two earned runs in five and a third, six strikeouts. He had eight strikeouts and six shutout innings the last time out. Who would you rather have? Marcus Strowman or Sonny Gray?
2: Strowman. Strowman.
0: Interesting. What about Kyle Gibson? Is he underowned at seventy-one percent? He gave up four earned runs in five and a third, and that was against a bad Kansas City
2: Royals team. It wasn't a great start for Gibson, but he's had a really good year, and I think it's gone, it's flown under the radar because he has a bad win-loss record. But he's he's been pitching deep into games. His strikeout rate is the best it's ever been, believably because the slider is the best it's ever been. I think he's the best pitcher on this list. I like him more than Pavetta. I like him more than Stroman. So, yes, he deserves to be more than 71% owned.
1: I will put him in the group with Stroman, but just behind Pavetta as far as what I expect rest of season. Where does Rich Hill fall
0: in that? He gave up one earned run in six innings against the Milwaukee Brewers, nine strikeouts. He has a 295 ERA in 36 and two-thirds innings since coming back from the deal. I think that's split over seven outings, six starts because he had one relief appearance rich hill or nick pavetta or
2: kyle gibson i think when hill's healthy it's i i have few hesitations about starting him. but we know he's not going to be healthy for long like we know it as much as we can know it for anybody and so in terms of who i'd rather own i'd rather own pavetta and gibson Hill's probably closer to Stroman in terms of how much I'd want to own him. But I'd, I'd rather start Hill right now while he's healthy. I,
1: I agree with all of that. I think Hill is probably towards the top the top of this list, maybe at the top of the list, in terms of he is going to start tomorrow. Which of these guys do you want to start? I want to start him whenever he's starting. I just don't expect that to be very often.
0: Can we give some love to my guy, Annibal Sanchez? 67% owned. Yeah, I, I I've been starting him all year in the dynasty league, so yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Sixty seven percent owned. Another quality start against Washington on Saturday. Three earned runs, eight strikeouts over six innings. Three twelve ERA, eight point eight K per nine, two point five walks per nine. In ten starts since coming off the DL, and I think he's been averaging about six innings per start. Show some love to my guy, Annibal <laughs> Sanchez.
2: Yeah, I've been very Sanchez slow to or Sunny Gray.
0: Annabelle Sanchez or Sonny Gray. I
2: should I should probably go Annabelle Sanchez. Annabelle Sanchez or Chase Anderson. I uh, should probably go Sanchez. Like there's not there's like numerically, statistically, there's not a lot to say negative about Sanchez right now. I just feel like I should know better.
1: I, I will just say He's pitching very much like a, more of a league average pitcher and getting a lot better results. But he has a 2.43 BABIP against this year. He has an 83% strand rate. Those are not things that he did even when he was a good starting pitcher. Those are not things that you should expect to continue. He may still be very useful, especially as a SPARP, but he is not going to be this good. You
0: know who may not be useful right now? Dylan well, there Bundy. You go. He found some things. 89% owned. He has 15 earned runs and 12 and a third innings since coming off the DL. Eight strikeouts, six walks. Dylan Bundy.
2: Bad. <laughs> it's been really bad. But he's... He was Dylan Bundy or Kyle Gibson? He was earlier this season, too, and then came roaring back with a stretch of starts where he was basically ace caliber Isn't in terms that of how Dylan was Bundy into games. Is he Rugnod-
1: Rugnet Odor as a pitcher?
0: Rugnetador has it, had an en- entire seasons where he was good. Dylan Bundy, I mean, like he has a 461 career FIP, he has a 425 career ERA he had a 438 FIP last season, he has a 486 FIP this season. Like but at what point do we chalk it up to not even like a Nick Pavetta thing where just maybe the peripherals will never match up to the results, maybe
2: well, so you're looking at even, his FIP at the end of a terrible stretch. I don't think that's entirely fair either. Would
1: you still say, Chris, because we had this argument about Dylan Bundy a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you said, I believe, that his 388 Sierra was the stat that you thought best exemplified his talent level. Uh,
0: I, At some point, you've got to do it. <laughs> I, and I, I, he, he
2: hasn't. I'm fine with that. And I, well, okay, It was a, there was a three-start stretch at the end of April, beginning of May, where he allowed 17 earned runs and three starts. That is awful. Mm-hmm. But then, before this DL stint, he had a stretch of eight starts with a 260 ERA, right, but including it, a 14-strikeout game, yep. two eight-strikeout games. Every single one of those eight starts, he went six innings or more. But he went seven it, innings or more in four of them. But, like
0: that's, Scott, doesn't it make more what? sense to just look at three seasons now of him not being good because he's
2: still a developing pitcher last year um last year he had stretches where he didn't use his best pitch and he's using his best pitch now and he's been bad i know but it just it just feels three it's been an awful three start stretch fall that that was preceded by a terrific eight start stretch i mean eights yeah I just, a lot more than three. With three feels,
1: seasons, is a lot more than eight starts.
2: It feels like Dylan Bundy's
0: trying to tell us who he is, and we don't want to listen. He's only 25 years old. Yeah.
2: He had tons of injury problems throughout the minor leagues. Like, at his best, he has been dominant. We can all agree, though, that it's Vince Velasquez over Dylan Bundy, right? Right. Like, why Why would we give...
0: I would rather have Vince Velasquez than Dylan Bundy. He's had an entire season where he was good.
2: That's not... He had a month where he was
0: no, good. No, he had like a... 380 era that's better than anything vince velasquez uh, and yeah, dylan but bundy's ever done
2: it wasn't very good at like most of it was That was is, a very front-loaded this is ridiculous 4-12. it was a 412 era first it was it was a 412 <laughs> it, it was very it was very dylan bundy
0: fine. that would be the best dylan bundy season ever
2: okay. i think he had a 402 era like i don't but think so. dylan, like i i suspect dylan bundy's gonna get his era back down to that before the season's over
0: yeah, the peripherals are a lot better for Vince Velasquez. I don't see any argument for Dylan Bundy there, and I like Dylan Bundy. I wish he was good. It's just at some point it's got to be. It's got to be. I, I,
2: I feel like I made a lot of good arguments for Dylan Bundy, but if you want to say there are no good well, arguments, well, no, no, no. Go it's ahead. just
0: it's no. There's no good arguments for him over Vince Velasquez because he's had the <sighs> same good stretches. There's no reason to believe that Vince Velasquez's good stretches are any less legitimate than Dylan Bundy's, and the overall track record is just much better. Um, I but also, like I, at I some point, Dylan Bundy's—it's got to be a more secondary than
2: pitch near, nearly as good as Dylan Bundy's slider. That's fine. He's better, and he doesn't as deep into games. I don't think that's true. Well,
0: like you he, have to be good to pitch into he games. Has like not, he at has his not best,
2: on seven innings this year, the good
0: so. stretches from Dylan Bundy—he pitches deep into games, but the good stretches
1: aren't aren't sustainable. Before that guy's been. went seven innings this weekend, right?
2: He did. Oh, okay, that was his first one. Sorry. Yeah, I just. That was his first one.
1: They are very similar. They're
0: guys. very – but, like, four. yeah. I, I just – for me, it's, like, 400 <laughs> innings of the same thing. Even if the shape of each individual, you know, valley and peak is different. Like, at some point, you are what
2: you are. And I think Dylan Bundy's trying to tell us who he is. But, but I, the thing is, two starts ago, Vince Velasquez had a higher ERA than Dylan Bundy has now. I feel like this is a lot of just – uh, recency bias, I For guess. their
1: careers, they have an ERA separated by a tenth of a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say Velasquez now over Bundy because Velasquez is pitching well and Bundy is not. Well, v- and they're Vince, both borderline guys. Vince Velasquez also has three seasons with a fit below four.
0: Dylan Bundy has three stretches
1: of his career with that. Looking forward to the next Dylan Bundy hot streak.
0: All right, let's talk about some injuries, news, and notes before moving on to close out the show with some emails. Joey Gallo left Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Not clear what the severity of that is yet. Hugh Darvish should be moving up to working off of a mound in the next few days. He's been throwing the outfield recently. Uh, Sean Newcomb had his start skipped Saturday due to rain. He will start Monday. We had the Sean Newcomb arguments last week. Bradley Zimmer is out eight to 12 months with right labrum surgery. He was hitting 2:26 with an ER with the OPS below 650 before being sent down early in the season. Scotch.: Yes. In a pure keeper league, is Bradley Zimmer worth hanging on to?
2: Uh, probably, probably not. First, it, it would have to be I think it would have to be a deep league with nearly every player kept for him to be. Somebody you consider keeping even obviously he's out for a long time now. He hasn't shown as much of anything at the major league level and strikes out a ton. So I, I have reservations about doing that. Nate Jones suffered
0: a setback in his rehab from an arm injury at A. He will be shut down for two weeks. Carlos Correa began baseball activities Sunday. Kevin Kiermaier left Friday's game with a bone bruise on his right foot. Jose Martinez was on the bench for his fifth straight game and uh, Cardinals GM said he could be traded to an AL team at some point, which at this point seems like the only hope for Jose Martinez. Are we dropping yeah. Jose Martinez?
2: I I think with that comment, I mean, it's, it's basically a kind of an admission that, um, they don't see much opportunity for him in their lineup anymore. They're that disenchanted by his defense at first base of all places. So. I think it's fair probably to drop him in a standard mixed league. Hunter, teams or fewer.
0: Hunter Strickland is throwing weighted balls as he recovers from a broken hand. Miguel Sano was promoted to AAA. We could see him soon. That's one to keep an eye on. And Domingo Erman was optioned to AAA after giving up four earned runs in three and two-thirds innings. Um little bullpen note, Kyle Baraclaw was tagged for five earned runs in two-thirds of an inning against Tampa Bay. I believe he gave up a walk-off grand slam. He's given up like nine earned runs in his last nine outings after – being completely unhittable he for may, like two months.
1: He may just really enjoy living in Miami.
0: That could be it.
1: <laughs> you know? I'm not getting straight. You guys might trade me I, somewhere cold. I think that happened to like,
0: AJ was, Burnett in like 2005. He was on the trade block and just like was awful for like four starts and then was amazing after that.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, Bear Claw definitely, I mean, it, it probably goes without saying, that stretch where he w- literally wasn't giving up any hits for like a month and a half. He, 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 you know, had good luck. He wasn't, he's not really that good. But um, you normally don't see the regression all happening at once like happened yesterday. Yeah. Or by the way, he still has like a 240 ERA after that outing. Yeah, 245. Shows how good he had been. All right, let's finish
0: up with some emails. Let's move through these quick. baseball at CBSi.com. Hello, Joke, Joker, Skull, Panther, and Mona. I'm assuming they're bad guys in The Batman, but I have no idea.
2: The Batman? Yeah, the Batman. The Batman. The Batman.
0: How do you value Kyle Tucker in a head-to-head categories league with his lackluster start? Should I be holding on to him over someone like Corey Dickerson? Scott, I think you mentioned you dropped Kyle Tucker on Friday's podcast.
2: Yeah, in a points league, I dropped him for Jesse Winker, who I like a lot more than Corey Dickerson. In a categories league where Tucker is the only... Like, you, you expect him to steal bases. He hasn't been on base much, so we don't really know how that's going to play on the majors, but you expect him to. I'd, I'd hold on to him over Dickerson.
1: I'm definitely holding on to him um, as, as long as you don't have to start him this week. Uh,
0: those are people from Persona 5, a, a video game. So, Vidya. just, just Vidya game. On. Dear Jose, yeah. Ichiro, Rajay Jacoby, D and Hanley. Those are the active steals leaders. My weakest position in a 10-team head-to-head OPS league is by far the outfield. He's got a bunch of guys on the DL. How would you rank the outfielders on the wire? Ryan Braun, Jesse Winker, Avisel Garcia, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, Carlos Gonzalez, or Steven Piscotti. Are any of them as good as Nomar Mazzara, Ronald Acuna, Brandon Belt, Matt Olson, or Andrew McCutcheon? I, so among the guys he has on his list, I, have, I would have Nomar Mazzara at the bottom. I don't know if you guys agree, but he's basically at done. Yeah, he's basically done oh, nothing cause... since uh, since that hot stretch in like early May. Uh, among the ones he already owns, you're saying, yes, you'd
2: have him at the bottom. Okay,
0: so he's okay. the one I would drop, and I, I would be fine with dropping him for Michael
1: Conforto or Jesse Winker. On the Winker thing, like oh. I didn't expect Schebler back this fast. Yeah, he's expected back yeah. Wednesday. Is Winker just gonna? We expect him to just turn
2: back into a part time player again? Well, he was starting probably four out of every five games even before Shepler went down. This this would probably depend on the
1: severity of Mazzara's injury for me, but if I, I think there's a good chance he's just as good as Winker because he's playing every day.
2: Yeah, I I think I in an OPS, kind of, I'm kind of hesitant to make a move here. To be honest, I Winker think probably be my top choice to pick up, followed by Nimo, but. I'd rather have Mazzara in a categories league, I think.
0: Yeah, in a, in a Roto league, that's where it makes the difference for me. If it was points, I think I'd rather have Mazzara coming back from the injury, but in a Roto league, I just I don't think he's anything special in Roto. Uh, John from Boston, trying to get Josh Donaldson as a second-half sleeper. Would you give away Will Myers and Danny Duffy what? to get Josh Donaldson?
2: No, I would not. What? You have to give away Will Myers and something to get Josh Donaldson? That seems weird. So you value Will Myers above Josh Donaldson? Certainly in a cat, categories league, yeah, right now. I mean, Josh Donaldson's a big – it's a big mystery what he's – first of all, when he's going to get back and what he's going to be when he does get back. I mean, he's, he's getting old, and he wasn't – between DL stints this year, he hasn't been very productive. He so, said uh, the same
0: things last year, though. Oh, yeah. Well, you shouldn't count on that, though.
2: Yeah. Well, Will Myers is is a really good category accumulator, you know?
0: Yeah. All right, Eric from Costa Mesa, dear Ozzy, Scooter, and Asdrubal. I have no, I like Ozzy and Scooter. Jeanette were both on the All Star team. I don't understand where Asdrubal Cabrera comes in. I don't know. Rank these starting pitchers in a head-to-head points league rest of season: Jack Flaherty, Jose Quintana, or
1: Dylan Bundy. You did.
2: Scott, <laughs> I I like Bundy more than Quintana, um, but I. I think I should probably move Flaherty ahead of him at this point.
0: All right, Jack, Dirtino, Chuck, Derek, and Scott. He was like 97 Yankees infield, probably. A little later
2: than that, like right. 99.
0: All right, is it time to drop Ender and Ciarte, even in a categories league? He's sitting him against lefties, needs the roster spot, 12 team head to head categories league. Man, Ender and Ciarte has been nothing since the start of June, really. He had a 612 OPS in June, he has a 530 OPS in July, and even April and March, he had a 639 OPS, but at least he stole 13 bases. He only has 10 steals in three months since then, and only five over the last two. Any reason to hold on to end your NCR
1: 10? I'm fine with dropping him.
2: It's, it, like, he's he is among the top five in, in stolen bases this year, and obviously those are hard to fill. Now, he hasn't been running nearly as much since April, so... You just never know when that's going to come back. And it's also weird. Like, he's had horrible BABIP luck this year. And I don't know after four months if we can still say it's just bad luck. But I feel like most players with a BABIP as low as his were giving the benefit of the doubt too. So he, to me, he still profiles as like a 290 hitter. And I don't know why he hasn't done it. <sighs> if it's if it's a three outfielder league, though, I mean, you got to make room for somebody who's actually producing.
0: Alright, email from no name. Dear Frank Doc and Auk, I have no idea. Spider Man? I don't know who Frank is.
2: Professor Frank from the Simpsons?
0: Oh. Okay. But I don't know, know I don't know. I don't know. Head to head categories league. Hey, real quick, rank these four players. Yoan Makata, Adam Eaton, Jesse Winker, Jake Bowers. How much do you love your guys? <laughs> we got we got a guy
2: for each of you. I'm going to take Winker first. Wow. I'm probably going to take Bowers second. Wow. And then I'm not sure.
1: I hate that this is a Categories League. If it was a points league, I'd say Bowers first.
0: I think it's Moncada. There's just so much more upside in the Categories League than anybody
2: else here has. But he's also the least usable.
1: He is is the worst and the best.
2: Eaton's probably the least usable. And since it's a Categories League, I, I can put Eaton last. But Moncada's third. Like Winker and Bowers. Bowers is number one on my top ten sleeper hitters for this week. Winker. I would just it, like to it's pretty hard to justify benching him right now. we just
0: like the record to show Yohan Mankata has been awesome in the month of July. Okay. Just, just putting okay. it out there. We
1: all put Mankata ahead of Eaton.
0: I think he's number one in the category. I may the- put him ahead
1: of Winker as well. I'm putting Bowers number one regardless of format.
0: All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday. I believe Adam will be back in the coming days. I don't want to put a day on it, but he's supposed to be back sometime this week, and I think we're all happy about that. But we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be back. Scott will be back. Heath will probably be back. Sometime. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.